The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of First United Methodist Church in Beaumont, Texas. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to love your city with the heart of Christ. So I don't know if you've noticed, but lately, particularly in these last few years, keeping track of your steps has never been more popular than ever, I mean, in history. I mean, uh, I used to remember that, that the only way you can do that was with this funny gadget that you had to clip on your belt like a peeper. You remember those pagers? Some of you might still have them. I don't know. Uh, I see them at hospitals all the time. I'm like, whoa, that's where they all went, right? Uh, but nowadays, it's like everybody has something on their wrists, and there is this sort of movement to just tell the world how many steps you took today. So I want to make a confession. I had no interest in any of this uh, step-keeping or tracking or whatnot until the conference and the people that handle our health benefits figured out how to make it like an arcade game for adults. So basically the way it works is that you get steps and, and those steps equal points. And after so many points, you get like these stickers with these trophies. And after so many of those, you can trade a man for actual money to buy stuff. And like, as soon as I heard that, I'm like, I'm in. I mean, it's exactly like an arcade game, except instead of killing villains and stuff, I'm killing calories and living longer. I mean, it's an amazing, amazing thing. Uh, but so I finally racked up enough points to get like a fancier one, you know, because what's the point of doing this if you're not going to have like a real fancy one that tells you everything, more than you need to know. And what I had not realized is that it has features that even after a while of having this thing, I had not seen yet. And one of them has to do with a heart rate. It keeps track of your heart rate and it tells you how you're doing and especially you, know, you go out on a run and, and people that know about these things know how this works and I don't. It's just like, good, I don't know what that means, but it means it's still beeping or still... Is still ticking, and that's all I need to know. That, that, that's good. Uh, but the other day, the other day, uh, it was an evening, and, and my wife and I were having one of those serious parental conversations. You know, those that come with the territory of raising a toddler, four-year-old, whatnot, and I mean, real serious stuff, right? So I'm having this really serious conversation about parenting. All the while, there's a basketball game on TV. And um, our cable package, for whatever reason, even though we are this close to Houston, doesn't include many Houston games. So anytime there's a Houston game on national television, I try not to miss it. And this particular game went into overtime. And so that means, I mean, the game is really close and, you know, every possession counts and and you get to the point that you, you, you feel like you're there. You're yelling at the officials and stuff. And, you know, like that's going to make a difference. And so all this is going on at the same time. Parental, important conversation, overtime game. And I'm trying to keep it cool. And so I'm, you know, just trying to, to be very mature about it and, and just say things like, oh, yeah, yeah, I understand that kind of thing. And even though I'm trying to do too many things at once. And so suddenly, as, as the game gets a little closer to the end and everything is just kind of looking, not looking good for my team, 
my, my watch starts buzzing. And it, it was one of those alerts that I had never heard before. And I've had this thing for a few months, and I thought I've seen it all. And it's buzzing, and it's buzzing. And I look, and I look, and there's an alert. And the alert says, we've noticed a significant spike in your heart rate in the last 10 minutes without any actual physical activity. I was like, thanks, Apple. I'm over here trying to keep it cool, and you're just, you know, telling my business, and it's probably stored somewhere, right? And it's going to get hacked, and they're going to show it in, on Twitter or something. Pastor, you know, cannot keep his cool watching basketball, right? Something like that. Now, so, you know, we have tattletales around us now. Um, so imagine the story that we just read, these people listening to Jesus, now imagine that we could somehow all give them Apple Watches with alerts for their heart rate. And imagine what it would sound like in this room as Jesus pretty much exposes the thoughts, the inner thoughts of their hearts in that moment after he had finished reading Scripture. Let's just read this again. So he said to them, Doubtless, you will quote to me the proverb, Doctor, cure yourself. And if you will say, do here as you did in, in your hometown, do the things you have done in Capernaum. And he said, truly, I tell you, no prophet is accepted in the prophet's hometown. But the truth is, there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah, where the heaven was shut up for three years and six months. And there was a severe famine all over the land. Yet Elijah was sent to none of them except the widow at Seraphat and Sidon. There were also many lepers in Israel at the time of the prophet Elisha. And none of them was cleansed except Naaman, the Syrian. So what does Jesus basically say in response to their challenge of doing in their midst the same kind of signs and wonders they had heard about? He basically said no. You've ever had anybody tell you no before? Have you ever had a heart rate monitor attached to you when somebody says no to something you're de basically demanding for? Now, if we can go back and give them some of these devices, I imagine it would sound like, you know, when you're in a meeting and everybody has their phone of the same carrier and like a tornado watch alert goes off or an amber alert. That would have been some meaning. Now imagine folks ever getting mad in church. I mean, that's, no, don't imagine that. 
But that's basically what happened. Jesus exposes their inner thoughts and desires, basically demanding, demanding that, they, that Jesus prove himself to them. And in doing so, what was really inside begins to come out. Because then Luke says, <clears throat> when they heard this, all in the synagogue, were filled with rage. I don't know about you, but I read that and I said, you know, I'm just as prone to be filled with rage about hearing the answer that I don't want to hear as everybody in that synagogue. I'm just as prone to being upset about God not doing things my way as everybody that was present with Jesus that day. And so these last several weeks, we've been talking about the light of Christ, the light of Christ in us, the light of Christ around us, and the light of Christ beyond us, and how do we cultivate that in our own lives? And one of the things that came to me as I read the scripture was that when Christ comes to shine a light, Christ fully intends that light to stay on. There's no expiration with this light bulb. There's no energy bill to be paid. I mean, this light is coming on to stay on. <clears throat> and when that happens, particularly when it happens in our own hearts, the light of Christ makes everything light up. Even the, pro the parts of us that, don't want, that we don't want others to see. So at the beginning, it might feel a little like this. You've ever had guests over at your house? And for dinner or for, what, for, for whatever reason. And, and that's the first time they're at your house. And so they don't know where the bathroom is, right? And so they go and search for the bathroom. And I don't know, if maybe it happened to you. They accidentally open the door. The door to the closet or the room, whatever you have in your house that you don't want anybody to go into. Y'all have one of these, right? Maybe it's just a drawer. You're more holier than others. But you don't want anybody to see your junk. So if you ever want to see if humans can fly, go to someone's house for the first time and just start opening doors. There are parts in our lives that we don't want others to see. And so we think about our Christian journey and ask ourselves the question, why can't the light of Christ just stay on? Why is it that I have an experience where there is an obvious healing of some sort in my life? God heals something in my, anything in my past. God frees me from some sin. I feel the deliverance, the freedom of the Holy Spirit in my life. 
and that lasts a certain amount of time, and then I feel like I'm struggling again. Like I've lost my way somehow. Like it's a little bit harder to follow Jesus. And I think perhaps the answer to that question is that many Christians go and flip the light off. Because there are parts that we're not ready to deal with yet. So Christ comes into our lives and turns on the light and comes and shines light in darkness and we use that light just enough to get us past whatever we're going through. Our most pressing need, the thing we're most afraid of, and as soon as that's over, go flip it off before people can really see what's going on here. And I think what the Holy Spirit wants to work in our lives is for us to get to a place to fully trust God enough to leave the light on. To leave the light of Christ in our lives on long enough for God to heal the parts of our lives that God wants to heal. In our Sunday School Collective the last couple of weeks, I've been sharing about God wanting to heal parts of our emotions and of our thoughts. And that usually when we're, we're in conflict with the will of God in our lives, usually what that looks like is that something about our feelings or something about the, our way of thinking, it's at odds with God's will. So God wants us to forgive someone, for example. And if we're living by our feelings or by our thoughts, we say, I don't feel like forgiving them. Or we can, we can take the uh, more official attorney, lawyer kind of route to that. I have all these reasons why this, this is not a reasonable request, right? Justified in not forgiving this person. I have evidence. And yet, when the light of Christ comes and exposes everything that we have in our hearts, that we have hidden, that we don't want anybody to see, the first thing that we're going to notice is, oh, I, I have not forgiven that person, haven't I? I haven't dealt with that thing that God wants me to deal with, haven't I? And God, because he is light and because God desires to bring us into a deeper and more fuller experience of God's love in our lives, is crying now through the Holy Spirit for us to just let him lead us to this place of healing. You know, in my own journey, I've been asking God, I've I, I just been saying to God in my prayer, I, I need to trust you more. I, I need to fully trust you more. I know that you are in control. I know that you are God, but I really need to trust you more. And you know what that response from God is? God's saying, great, there are things in you that I want to deal with. 
so that you can trust me more. And the only way for that to happen is for the light to stay on. Because God is light. God never works in the darkness except to turn on the lights. When I was uh, thinking about our daughter's nursery, I, I had an idea. I'd seen a friend who was very gifted in lettering and doing these really beautiful works of art. And I, I called her and I said, hey, would you make you know, one of those nice quotes, something that would be appropriate uh, to put on the, uh, on the wall? And I, and I said, I've seen this one that it says, let her sleep because when she wakes up, you know, she'll move mountains. And I, I don't know where that came from. So she said, you know, I'll research it. And, and she called back, you know, it was one of those emperors that said that to China. You might not want that. And so said, okay, I don't want the same thing that it was said to China, not because, I mean, that's just weird. I just want something more like human. And so more for a person, a little girl. And so she kept researching, and she found this quote from uh, the Chronicles of Narnia. And it was the one that is talking about Lucy. She's asleep, and she says that she, was wake, she woke up to the sound of the most, that with the feeling that the most beautiful voice she had ever heard had been calling her name. Um, I, I think that's magnificent, and that just it turned out to be something that I, we're living with, with our daughter uh, that we, uh, it's just so appropriate. Um, and so when I, when I read that, I, was, I ought to go back and read the Chronicles of Narnia because I don't really know that quote, and it will be funny to have something hung out hung up on my house that I, I can't really say I read. And so in, in reading the books, I came across another one. And, it's, and if you know the series, it's the one, uh, the book about Prince Caspian. And basically, for those that you don't know, have never read this story, uh, you have homework this week, by the way. Uh, but it's these children that are, that are magically you know, transported into this land called Narnia, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful picture of heaven and of the garden. And they meet Aslan, who is the lion, and is the obvious Christ figure in C.S. Lewis's writings. And so they have had this magnificent experience in the prior book, and in Pri and Prince Caspian, they go back, they're transported back, and they've obviously spent about a year away from this land. So they've gotten used to their normal routine again. And they're just now getting their imaginations and their hearts pretty much set to be in this great land again. So they go through a bit of transition with fears and doubts. And when the children finally see Aslan again, Aslan goes to Susan. Well, I believe she's, she's kind of the worrier. Is that fair to say? She's like the, she worries and she thinks a lot of things, much like many of us. And Aslan says these words to her the first time their eyes meet. He says, you have listened to fears, child, said Aslan. Come, 
Let me breathe on you. Forget them. Are you brave again? If the light of Christ stays on, we don't have to be worried that we'll eventually have struggles. We'll eventually have things that we don't like that we live through. We'll eventually feel like we're losing our way, perhaps. Because all we need to do is invite the Holy Spirit to come and breathe on us. And when he does, I bet instead of shame, instead of being reprimanded somehow, instead of all the things that perhaps we worry about, we worry about if we were to let this ugliness of us show, what would happen? What would happen if people see? What would happen if God sees? I bet what we would hear is the Holy Spirit saying to us after He has done the work that we need, are you brave again? Are you healed again? Are you yet alive again? That's how powerful God's love is. So powerful that if we allow God to take control of our emotions and of our thoughts, we don't have to worry about filling the room with rage anytime God's will is at odds with our will. Because we would trust Him enough to lead us. We would trust the light of Christ to see where we're heading. The path before us is never in secret. And in doing so, we will experience what Paul says to the Ephesians in chapter 3. It's this prayer, and I'm going to pray this over you this morning. I pray that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with the power through His Spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. I pray that you may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with the fullness of God. What are you afraid of that keeps you from leaving the light on? Won't you come this morning and let the Holy Spirit breathe on you that you might be brave again by the power of Christ. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. 
If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.lovebeaumont.com.